Shout out to all believers and seekers. This is the Jesus is King podcast with me, your host, Joshua, where Jesus is King. And I'm simply just trying to show what it means. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to this episode of the Jesus is King podcast where we're going to be discussing all things Jesus and how he is king, right? So I just want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in, listening, sharing, doing anything you have done to push this podcast. I really appreciate it. But I mostly or mainly, I should say, appreciate you listening. All right. So I'm not going to delay. I'm not going to further anything but i am going to pray so we're going to go ahead and do that and then we'll get right into the episode god we come to you right now just thanking you and praising you for everything you've done thanking you and praising you for who you are and lord god we come to you in the name of jesus just asking for you to pour out your spirit allow something to be said allow something to help someone Because we all know that we need Jesus each day to make it, each moment to make it. So just allow something to be said that can inspire someone, push someone, or lead someone to Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so this episode is repent or repetition, right? What are you constantly repeating that could be holding back? What are you repeating that isn't wrong per world standards, but you haven't talked to God about it? What brings freedom into your life? After all, this is a Freedom Friday type of episode because I believe on Fridays, it is a chance for not for us to just be finished with work, but a chance for us to be finished with anything that just kept us down and 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 isolated mentally in a negative way we can actually become free on friday and not just get off work but we can actually take our time and and be free mentally from the things that bog us down you know a lot of times i feel that we don't realize that sin is foundational I believe it's foundational. I don't believe it's just something that just happens. I believe it's foundational in various levels. Psalms 51 verse 3 through 5 to me, it really identifies what sin is in my opinion. And it says, for I know my transgressions. My sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. So we all know conception happens before birth. And like verse five says, surely I was sinful at birth. So the fact that I was already sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me, I truly believe sin is foundational, meaning it's a destination, but the outlets and the pathways, in my opinion, are foundational. 
You have generations within the foundation of sin. You have circumstantial foundations of sin. Either way you look at it, in my opinion, sin is a destination and there is an alternative and it happens through repentance. Once that happens, certain things have to become repetitive to truly become free and remain free. So, few questions I really want in this episode to ponder over and to answer, if you will, and just have a thought process when it comes to repent or repetition. Okay. What is repentance? What does repentance look like? What does repentance feel like? What is the process of repentance? Now, I'll be honest, what made me do this episode was because, of course, (laughs) I was doing a podcast, but I wanted to start off with this episode because what inspired me to do the podcast was I reached a new place in my faith, okay? I reached a new place in my spiritual journey, which was accepting my calling into ministry, okay? And upon accepting my calling into ministry, I had to really understand that we were all born in sin, shaped in iniquity, but some of us were offered salvation long ago, and we did a lot of the things religiously, but when it came to truly being Christ-like, we were far from it. And I was one of those people. I was far from it, right? And so what I had to realize was I needed to reach repentance. Now, before we can really go into, um, to me, deep dive into the episode, I think it's worth breaking down what repentance is, okay? Now, I'm going to give you the biblical definition, and then I'll also give you the worldly definition, because I think in this episode, we need to also understand that we wrestle not in flesh and blood, okay? So that means, in my opinion, everything that happens, everything that goes on, everything that we can touch, everything that we can type in, everything that we can talk on has the ability to be influenced by the worldly system okay so when we talk about we battle not flesh and blood that scripture is significant but i feel a lot of times we don't really want to apply it to everything and in my opinion i feel that's where the enemy can really play games and really build foundation on top of foundation, on top of foundation, on top of foundation. Okay, so before I give the definitions of repentance, remember Ephesians 6 and 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, okay? So, if you type in the the word repentance and definition into Google, it gives the action of repenting, sincere regret or remorse, 
And then it gives an example. Each person who turns to God in genuine repentance and faith will be saved. But the biblical definition, in my opinion, is 100% accurate. Now, don't get me wrong. I see something to the side from Wikipedia. Repentance is viewing one's actions and feeling contrition or regret for past wrong, which is accompanied by commitment to and actual actions that show and prove a change for the better. That is better than the Google definition. However, the biblical definition to me is just so great, so profound. It is the act of leaving what God has prohibited returning to what he has commanded point blank the act of leaving what God has prohibited and returning to what he has commanded don't get me wrong remorse is a part of repentance but it's not repentance and I say that because remorse isn't turning away that's just to me what happens on the road to repentance and if you don't have the if you don't have the correct spiritual guidance or you're not really in your word or you're not really where you should be it could just stop at remorse and to me a lot of people suffer from that just being in remorseful faith where you have multiple people who have been offended by someone, multiple people who have fell victim to something. Um, and I say victim because we were all born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We were victims to sin the moment we stepped into the world. So in this episode, we're going to really talk about repentance, right? And I think it's worth, now that we know the definition, I think it's kind of worth talking about the process. I really had to understand that everybody talks about repenting, repentance, but no one really talks about the process. No one really talks about what repentance looks like, what it feels like. Everybody just say you need to repent, but no one talks about repentance takes turning away. So to me, repentance embodied some things prior to actually repenting, right? In my opinion, I had to, to experience awareness, right? I had to be aware that something isn't right. Something is happening that shouldn't be happening. And I'm enjoying it. I had to become aware that something's happening and I enjoy it. Right? I had to be aware that something happened, I've done something, I've been doing something, and I enjoy it, but it's not right. Let me give you an example. You've been doing something for a long time. Nobody knew. You thought nothing was wrong with it. It was just your secret thing. Well, one day, you noticed someone else's secret got out. <laughs> From that moment on, you kept doing it, but you knew it wasn't right. You also knew you kept, you 
you enjoyed it and you continued to do it. To me, that's the awareness I'm talking about. all the time. Prime example, taking food from restaurants. I'm gonna be honest, it's something people do all the time at buffets. No matter how you, you look at it, it's not. You don't suppose to put food in that, but everyone do it. You don't think about it, but you happen to see one time you, you're at a buffet, you've left with food in your napkin, and on your way out, you see somebody telling security that somebody else put something in their purse and you're walking past while they're making them take it out their purse. You're now aware something isn't right. Something that they are doing is happening with me and I'm enjoying it. To me, that's the first step. Right? Because don't get me wrong, I'm not saying this is what has to happen, or but this is just to me, I personally feel a lot of people mistake repentance for remorse, and to me, this is why they don't want to understand that prior to getting to repentance. You have to become aware of yourself, aware of Houston, we have a problem. And even if you don't know it's a, a, a terrible problem, you have to be aware that something is happening that shouldn't be happening and I'm enjoying it. The next step to me that you're, you're literally on your road to repentance, God is just allowing things to happen to make you aware, right? conviction now you're you're at a convicted place i feel terrible about this i'm thinking about it at work you done left the buffet you done ate the food you took three days later you still thinking about it i feel terrible i can't believe it to the point somebody say you want to go to the buffet again i'll pay no i'm okay but what you gonna eat i ain't really been that hungry like you're convicted because you're still convicted about believe it or not God is working right he's working he's working God loves you he loves each and every one of us so he don't the Bible say he 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 wants everyone to make it in he wants all to reach repentance all to reach repentance and that's true we have to realize that so God is working. So before we go further, any seeker out there that's listening, any believer that you're dealing with things, because like I said, and we're going to keep getting into some stuff, but I'm going to be honest, sin is foundational. And I'm just using the buffet because I don't want anyone to feel condemned. Oops, excuse me about that. I don't want anyone to feel condemned, but... Sin is foundational. So that goes for sexual immorality. Same thing. It's all foundational. Psalms 103, starting at verse 1. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love 
and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I don't know about you, but I serve a God that wants to renew. I'm sorry we had to pause, but that's what this podcast is all about. Celebrating that Jesus really is king. God wants to renew your youth. God want to make you youthful all over again. Have you ever just saw a person that was plagued by sin for a long time? I'm only saying that because I grew up in church. I've been around church all my life, and I've seen people that people of the church would compare them and say, Oh, they, they've been doing it. They've been drinking for years. But I don't care how old they is. When they finally get delivered, it's like they literally go running and skipping it. It's like they, they are so joyous. That's what this Psalm of David is talking about. Seriously. That's what this Psalm is talking about. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Verse 6. This is the last one, and I'm going to get right back to what we were talking about. But God is so good. Verse 7, he made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. They were rebellious people, by the way. They they, they did some things. Verse 8, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. So we have to remember that. Even though we're on this journey, because I'm going to be honest, someone told me I was in a situation in 2016 with some friends. A few people passed away, including one of my friends. And someone said, you know, we went through something. After he went through it, he actually got worse. So I say that to anyone. And that was years ago. That was 2016. And I really did have a awareness situation i was aware god is real i was aware what i'm doing i'm doing and it ain't right but it feels good that was me being aware psalms 103 verse 3 who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion god is love god is compassion i'm gonna jump to verse seven and eight again he made known his way to moses his deeds to the people of israel verse eight the lord is compassionate and gracious slow to anger abounding in love slow to anger abounding in love we don't serve a contradicting god Slow to anger, abounding in love. We don't serve a temperament God. Slow to anger, abounding in love. I have to say that because it's a lot of people who are on their journey to repentance, but they're stuck at awareness or conviction. And it happens. It happens. Because especially when you have the wrong message about God. How can God really, now don't get me wrong, like I always say, God can do anything, right? But God is all about free will. But I like to say, I really like to always say, how can God really move within free will 
if you're using your free will to think he's somebody he's totally not. For years, I thought God was this such angry, mad, you know, if you're rebellious, God's going to sick things on you. That was totally false. That's what I say when I read that scripture, Ephesians 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You have a lot of people that are in authoritative positions that are being fooled as well, that are really preaching messages of condemnation. God is love. God created each and every one of us in his image. And unfortunately, like Psalms 51 says, verse 5, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. We were born into a war that was already brewing. And as long as we stay dead in sin, we're a less threat. (laughs) Satan's still going to be mad because we get something he don't. Jesus died on the cross for us, not him. So I say that to say, if you're on your journey to repentance and you're at awareness and conviction, we're going to speak in the name of Jesus that this episode helps you reach repentance, help you reach that next level, help you reach that next place, because that's when that's when everything starts happening. You can sit in the house. You can go to church as much as you want. If you do not repent, the act of leaving what God has prohibited and returning to what he's commanded, you're not in a good place. And once again, the Lord is compassionate, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. However, you have the enemy that's jealous, that puts all kind of things in your way that can make it terrible for you if you don't reach repentance. And then even once you reach repentance, but the key is we need to reach repentance. But let's move on to the next part that I, that, I mean, it's biblical. Repentance, right? Repentance, godly sorrow takes place. I feel you're really able to move forward because you've turned away. I really can, 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 can say once God allowed me to reach repentance, it was the greatest thing that ever happened in my life. I'll be totally honest. I, it, it was the greatest thing that literally happened in my life. Like, it was the greatest thing. Like, you you read the Bible, you read the scriptures where. Jesus was in the temple and they came to him about a lady who had committed adultery. Jesus drew on the ground and said, ye who without sin cast the first stone. And he told her, your sins are forgiven, sin no more. Right? And I used to always as a kid wonder, what does that mean? What is that? What does that mean? What is it? What do it mean? Sin no more. She reached godly sorrow. 
she reached godly sorrow. And so the sin no more was he reached repentance. That did it for her. Whether she thought she was going to get stoned, whether she felt the anointing of Jesus, whether she felt the totality of conviction, that was enough. That was repentance. So I feel once you reach repentance, just to kind of rephrase and, and sum up what we've discussed so far to anyone who's just got on or have this plane while they're doing something, which is okay. Thank you for listening. We're, we're at repentance, but prior to actually reaching repentance, which is the godly sorrow, you know, you just feel terrible about what, what you've been doing, but also you're at a place where God has to me shown you what this looks like in a godly way, if that makes sense. And in order for you to truly reach repentance, you don't went through being aware and you've been convicted. Now that leads me to say before we reach to me the next part that happens, because the episode is 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 entitled Repent or Repetition. So I kind of want to talk about both. Because to me they're both are needed, right? To stay free on this Freedom Friday. Stay with me. Stay with me. <laughs> Go have fun. But seriously, so you've been aware, you've been convicted, you finally reach repentance, which is having godly sorrow because now God have touched you and gave you a, a insight on how this looks in a godly way, how cursing every day looks in a godly way, how sexual immorality looks every day in a godly way. Remember, God is love and compassion. So it's not going to be terrible when he shows you this. When God showed me me, first I was aware, okay, I respond too much to things. Because to me, repentance isn't a group type of thing. That's another thing. Repentance isn't a group effort. You don't just repent for one thing and that takes care of No, you have to really reach a place of truly humbleness, repentance, and God will continue to show. And you have to continue to just pray, talk to God, pray, talk to God. And I realize that's where the repetitive come in. I'm kind of jumping ahead, but that's where the repetitive come in. But anyway, God showed me you respond to everything too much. I said, oh, wow. I really don't matter. Mm-hmm. You got to answer for everything. I said, wow, wow. First thing, you know, the first thing we like to do is equate the world's definition to everything. Nope, that, that's wrong. But that's what we do. And God doesn't mind because that gives us the opportunity, if we're humble enough, for him to show us what he's talking about. Now, how did he show us? He showed us with his son. That's what Jesus came down here for, to be the example. When I got that, it was mind-blowing. I really realized, oh, that's why, yes, Jesus came to save, but Jesus could have just came one day and died the next day. If, If he only came to save, he came to set the bar, to be the example, to become flesh, to become tempted to become all of these things so that we can have an example 
on the steps to overcome. And even though he was superior in, in, in the spiritual world, even though the enemy reminded him, won't you have angels that have come off basically just off of general purposes? The angels will come and catch you before you even fall. Imagine how that could have been tedious. We want to talk about temptation. Jesus fought it all just to show us silence. God showed me scriptures on when Jesus was being questioned from judgment hall to judgment hall. He didn't go back and forth with anybody. He stuck to the mission at hand. He could have said all kind of things. He could have said all kind of things. So I say that to say, when God shows us us and he allows us to experience godly sorrow, it's a wonderful thing. It really is. And it comes to pride, to be honest. I, it was to the point I carried something from my childhood for so long um, that involved other people. And God allowed me to really see my part that I played in that situation. And Jesus did not come to condemn the world. And I think a lot of times when we go through our hurtful situations, we forget that it's not our job to condemn. I always tell my children and, and I tell my wife, I tell them all the time, the tough, sticky situations is when God wants to work the most, right? And the enemy tries to make you think you don't have time. He tries to make you feel you don't have time. You don't have time to seek God. You don't have time to pray. You don't have time to pause and pray. You have time. The only time you don't have is to continue to sin. And that's what we have to realize. We don't have time to continue to sin. We have time to talk to God. We just don't have we just don't have time to continue to sin. So talking to God is an unlimited thing all the time in the world. We just don't have time to continue to sin. And the enemy warns. I think people don't understand. My grandfather used to say it all the time. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is so true. Steal your thoughts. Steal your pride. Your 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 sense of progress. I don't want to say pride because pride is not good. So your sense of progress. He want to steal your your happiness. Everything that it took you time to get. Right? Because it takes us time. Because because of the curse. It takes time, patience, you know, waiting. So everything that we we've gotten, he wants to steal. And once he steals it from us, he kills it. You have people that you've seen happy. And all it took is one situation. They're done for decades. Killed it. The enemy came in. He stole everything and he killed it. He cut them off. He annihilated them. Totally killed everything. Ambition, dreams, goals, 
everybody know me, I'll get up a million times, million times. I'll do something over a million times before I let the enemy really just think you don't have nothing to worry about. I'm like T.D. Jakes. You may come up over here, but you gonna know you came across a believer. I may have 20 teeth missing out my mouth, but I tell you what, when you leave from up, up over here, you gonna know you came across a sure enough believer, a prayer warrior. I'm gonna be trying every fast I can think of. I'm gonna be quoting every scripture I can think of. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit as much as I can. I'm gonna give you the word as much as I can. You're gonna know that you truly came across somebody who's been sealed, signed and delivered by the blood of the lamb. And then on your way leaving, you're gonna see angels coming to minister to me. Oh, I mean that. And I don't care who don't like it. Because let me tell you something to any believer, and it could be a seeker that is really going through this anytime you are trying to do good let me let me say this people write you off this is something i think a lot of people need to hear on this freedom friday people write you off people sign you off to being depressed people sign you off to being a liar people sign you off to being so many things while they forget they've been signed off to being judgmental I had to drop the pin on that one. Because while you're signing off checks on what I'm going through, you have a judgmental spirit that you have. And all of it is from the enemy. And we can all come together and help and pray for each other. But you got too many people that want to be repetitive, but don't want to repent and be repetitive in deliverance. Once you reach awareness, conviction, and finally repentance, you, you reach the next level which is deliverance because of repentance you're you're at a point where you can understand you don't ever have to go backwards you can go forward so to anybody that is at that place keep in mind you're gonna have people who don't believe it really happened and that's okay the bible teaches us to also compassion we have to be Christ-like. Jesus was a very compassionate person. Compassionate enough that we have known a disciple as being doubting Thomas. And he was still, a, when Jesus died, he was a ride-or-die disciple. The only one that fell off was Judas. Even Peter, who, 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 you know, did what he did, he still, you know, was down for the call. So I say that to say, don't write people off just because they doubt you. Pray for them. Pray for them. That's what I do. People doubt me all the time. I get it. When I really sold out, mind you, I was already on a journey. That's what. That's why I broke things down because I think everybody can benefit. Yes, repentance is repentance, and biblical is definitely the 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 highlight of this whole episode but i think as a way to to just really expound and to me use the bible for what we're supposed to teaching tool right an instruction manual something that really can transcend i think people don't realize the woman at the well 
Repentance happened, but so did awareness. Jesus made her aware, hey, I know you. Whether you think I do or not, this is how I'm going to tell you I know you. He made her aware. Once she was aware, she reached conviction. Oh, I can only imagine what went through her in that moment. Same thing with Mary Magdalene. I can only imagine what went through when, when Jesus came through to you and made you aware that I know your trouble. You know what you're going through. This is how I know. And my favorite words that a lot of the interactions Jesus had, your faith has made you heal. Go and sin no more. What powerful statements that is to someone who's just been set free from the things that terrorize them. Now, the parts that we didn't see was what happened when they went back to their villages a lot of times or went back to their families. You didn't hear about the people doubting it. I know some did, like Mary Magdalene. I forgot. Don't know. (laughs) Don't remember, but I know he healed me. (laughs) I didn't know who he was. I just know he healed me, and this is what he said. And that's the point that I wanted to really talk about when it comes to repentance that once you reach repentance you realize it really is a personal thing it's more than just coming down the aisle of a church it's a foundational thing that happens that creates a new to me it's the crucifixion because of the crucifixion you're able to die to sin and you truly get up a new person. I quit smoking cigarettes. I tried the patch. It didn't work. I was taking the patch off so I could smoke. Yes, I was reading scripture, but let me tell you something. When I really stopped just reading my Bible and using God as a magic trick, because that's what I did. I was using them as a magic trick. You know, oh, Lord, I really need to quit smoking. When I really had a moment where was truly aware that look this is wrong my body is a temple but i'm enjoying it and then when i start feeling bad god i feel terrible about this not only did i become aware and convicted i brought him into each part of it not only did i feel aware and convicted about sexual immorality i brought him into each part of it not only did i feel aware and convicted about doing drugs i brought him into each part of it not only did i feel aware and convicted about cursing like a sailor i brought him into each part of it and next thing i know i'm face down on my knees crying snotting out my nose because i'm literally apologizing because he's showing me years of smoking think episodes of my own life moments that i forgot all about times when i could have put a cigarette out i didn't times i could have quit didn't people that he purposely allowed me to run into that i didn't even know that say you're too young to be smoking those people came back to my mind then i thought about wow he said people may be angels among you you don't know look this is real and to anyone that on your journey you stay encouraged 
anyone that knows somebody who has changed, I don't care if they was on drugs 40 years. The Bible say you know a tree by the fruit it bears, not by the fruit it used to bear, by the fruit it bears now. <laughs> and to show you what kind of fruit it bears, the tree that kids climbed up on was the same tree that God used in another example about something that wasn't even good. But when Zacchaeus climbed up that tree, something good happened. Come down, I'm at your house today. So I say that to say, this is this is what God wants. This is why Jesus is king. We have to stop judging salvation with situations because it was only one situation that allotted salvation and that was Jesus dying on the cross. So we have to do our part and not condemn people. When we hear people get delivered, it's not our job to remind people around that person who they used to be. The Bible says we don't stress over former things. Faith gives us freedom once we are delivered. Not using faith to realize you once were an addict and now you're recovered could cause any person to backslide. So once you reach a delivered place, you've already been aware, you've reached awareness, you've reached conviction, you've reached repentance, you've officially turned away. Because of repentance, you've reached deliverance. Now you're, you're, you're what they call delivered, done with who you once were, driven by the godly sorrow that repentance brought and the remembrance of the deliverance. Now you're delivered. Faith is the only thing that keeps you that way. You have to have faith that you're delivered. You have to have faith even if you're walking in rooms. When people knew who you were dead to, you got to realize that's gone. I speak to people now that I never used to speak to, you know, prior to me truly being a new creature in Christ. Then you have some people who, because to me, sin is foundational. I was a very dependent person when I was sinful. When I lived a sinful life, I was on drugs. People didn't know I was on, uh, I was on, I was addicted to, to pills for years. So I was dependent on certain things from people, conversation, advice, validation. Once God created me new, all of that died. And, and, and another thing, you don't have to work everything out yourself. Let God do it. And sometimes you, I want to also add, sometimes God tries to do it and other people won't let him. That's still not your job. You just continue praying, being nice, being compassionate, being loving, and doing everything the Bible tells us to do. And trying to fix other people's perspective of you once you become delivered, that's not part of the thing. That is, is borderline persecution. And you have to realize that happens. Because everything is foundational. Sexual immorality. Sometimes you're only sexual, sexual immoral when you drink a certain beverage. So yes, you're sexual immoral, but that's the only prayer you're praying after you reach repentance. We, we got to add something on top of that. Lord, I need you to 
to break every foundational curse, every foundational action, every foundational sinful action that leads to sexual immorality. God will expose it to you, especially if you add that into the prayer. God exposed to me every pathway, every route that leads me to being in the bed with this person. And I know I'm not married. And I know this person, I shouldn't be laying with this person. God will show you. Next thing you know, you'll, you'll be asleep, you know, dreaming of you going to purchase liquor. And you like, wow, the only time I drink. Okay, not buying that drink no more. And then next thing you know, you get the text message. You're stronger than you were yesterday because you ain't been drinking. No, that's okay. I'm going to church. <laughs> we have to defeat the enemy with the word of God. And we have to stop thinking that he's not foundational. Because he is. He plays games. His outlets and methods are have changed. But the, 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 the way he likes to move about and, and the way he, I like to say, handle himself, it's all the same. To beat the sinful foundation or, or the sinful foundational patterns, we have to create righteous ones. Every weak moment or every possible weak moment has to be a prayer moment. Prime example, there were places I only would go when I would do certain things or take certain drugs. Going to them, on top of that, even riding in the car, I started praying. Now, I know I'm riding in the car with somebody. I'm not even driving. And we're not going to stop in that. But I have to realize there was a sinful foundational pattern that happened. Every Friday night, I was at that bar at this time. So now I have to create a righteous foundational pattern to replace the sinful one. We have to get out of pretending prayers only work in church. God wants us to be free. God wants to be our foundation repetitively. Romans 12 and 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Repetitive. We have to be repetitive in prayer. As believers, our urgency should be automatic. But because of doubt, fear, rejection, fear of past failures, sometimes we stop having the yes Lord mentality. That's when we have to also tap back into Romans 12 and 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Seekers who haven't accepted, believed, or confessed in Jesus. You have to really want to replace all the things that you're using as outlets because you're still a seeker at this point. You haven't found anything worth your time. Yeah, you may have tried this religion for six months. You may have tried that one for six years, but you're still unfulfilled. And that's because you have to want Jesus and let it be a mental want. If you make it a mental want, he will reveal himself to you in a way for you that would make it no longer a want. It'll be what you want to replace all of the things you've been trying to replace the hurt and the pain. He'll give you joy, unspeakable joy. I kid you not. I kid you not. I kid you not. Jesus wants you to accept him. He wants you to believe that he died on the cross for you 
believe that he will not just died for you but rose again for you and he wants you to confess that you were a sinner and you needed to be saved you can be saved that's the plan of salvation you have to believe it in your heart and once again gotta reveal it to you in a way that you can understand and that you can't deny and if you deny that's a choice too but i guarantee you tis so sweet to trust in jesus all right so today we discussed a lot we did we discussed a lot repent or repetition this was a freedom friday edition type of episode i hope you were able to really gain some insight gain some some transparency from me um to discuss things that is holding you back things that may not be wrong for the world and what brings freedom back into your life so this has been yet another episode successfully jesus is king podcast i want to thank you so much for listening make sure you go on over to facebook the official joshua t subscribe well not subscribe but follow me there you can find all the episodes i want to thank you all so much make sure you head on over to tiktok and follow the jesus is king podcast page there and um don't forget be blessed and prosperous we want to hear from you wherever you're listening let us know we want to hear from you all right so until the next episode don't forget jesus is king and i'm simply here just to show what it means all right be blessed and prosperous once again all right